Hey Matt, how's it going today? I'm good, man. So, you ever been uh, prescribed painkillers for anything? No? Uh, like T3s for, uh, it was like I was getting a tooth extracted. Yeah, I had my foot broke once and got some Percocets. Oh, wasn't that at that Oasis concert you yeah, went to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good times, good times. Well, you know, I, they, were, they were good, man. They definitely took the pain away, like <laughs> physically and emotionally, really. Uh, I could see how people could get hooked on this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So our, our guest today knows the ramifications of this all too well and is taking steps to change and better this epidemic that clearly over the past 20 years has been taken over North America. I mean, we hear about it everywhere, right? Yo, it's crazy. So today we're with Angela Westerlaken, who owns Original Product Cannabis Concentrates Incorporated, which promotes silver market branding solutions. Hey guys. Hey, hey Angela, how's, how's it going? going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so, for having me. Hey, no, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you for coming. So let's start with the obligatory question. So Angela, what do you do? Well, what I do kind of came to be as an accident because, like most addicts, we become addicted by accident. So, 2012, I had my wisdom teeth out and was prescribed a. Uh, five milligram Percocets, just like many Canadians. And I was in a very high stress job as a banker, you know, about to get married, all these things going on and fell into that uh, false feeling of of goodness. And it became a battle for six years um, all throughout my career as a banker, right up until I went off to treatment around this time last year. So I've been uh, sober for a year, but Oh, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, and congratulations 35. on Thank your you. sobriety, too. Thank you. Yes, yeah, 300, one year. 350 Three, days? Did we hit 50 yet? 350, yeah. Nice. Awesome. So almost, almost at 365. But the bit, you know, what do I do is an accident, really, because I started a blog this time last year where I came out publicly to my family and friends that I was in the middle of a very end stage active addiction to opiates. And that I was going to be going off to a house of friendship out in Kitchener for three months. And this came as a huge shock to almost everyone that knew me. Uh, so, so hang on. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to interrupt. So, so they didn't know anything uh, up until you came out with the blog? Is that is... Uh, my, yeah, pretty much like my immediate family knew there was a problem, but no, like this was me basically announcing it Oh, wow. It so this was like a world. whole coming out of the closet kind of episode. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And... At that time, I was so ill and I didn't really think about a business or a company or being entrepreneurial at all. I've always had it in me. But through that blog, I discovered that there is a demand for someone like myself to come out and start talking about addiction, uh, especially as a woman and as a mother. But also through that blog, I determined that there is a huge negative correlation between cannabis and addiction to mental health in women. So that means basically that most women that struggle with mental health uh, and addiction issues use cannabis uh, personally, and they have for 20 years, and it's not the cause of their addiction. Uh, pharmaceuticals were the cause. So I shut the blog down in October when I came home from treatment. I, I had outgrown Mommy the Banker. And when I came home from treatment, it was 
uh, during the height of the Hamilton black market dispensaries. And I became obsessed. So not that I became obsessed with cannabis, but trying to figure out how the black market and the legal market would come together and, and make Eat. cannabis a commodity and a profitable one at that. So in the black market, I discovered several, um, we call them gray and silver market brands. So uh, can you define that a little bit just mm -hmm. so that people are familiar with that? Absolutely. So right now we're in kind of like a gray area because uh, concentrates, edibles and whatnot are going to be legal out in October. But right now with the legal dispensary system, right? People don't know about these products. There's a whole bunch of like craft artisan cannabis companies that produce, you know, cannabombs, lip balms, edibles like brownies cookies and they don't really have a place in the market right now because the black market dispensaries that were all over canada were buying these products and distributing them now these are all legitimate people they're micro growers licensed producers they have chronic conditions so they can grow their own weed but how do they make a living out of it they have to make it into a product that people want mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so when i originally thought you know how can i take all of my learnings and insights about addiction, my experience, how can I put it all together? And I realized in the way cannabis is being talked about right now, until we actually change the messaging around it and talk about addiction and what causes it and where we're at, you know, the legal dispensary system was going to have a hard time with the general public. There's all these different market segments that aren't being talked about specifically can of moms, can of girls. And most of these people have had addiction and mental health issues. So how do we so, but all... how does cannabis help? Cannabis helps in many ways. I mean, for myself, I've used cannabis for 20 years. And that started when I was 15. I had severe anxiety. I My dad died when I was a kid. Um, so, you know, that does cause lasting trauma, which was never really dealt with. So when I was 15, having severe anxiety and other issues, I was put on an antidepressant and I, it was awful. Uh, like it, okay. I just didn't, anyway. So I discovered cannabis like most people do at a house party. And <laughs> Sorry. it changed my life. Like it, it changed my life in a sense that I could smoke it as needed and I didn't need to smoke it during the day or anything like that. Like, you know, there's always those people that think once you start smoking weed that you're like always smoking it. But for me, it was in the nighttime. That's when I would have the most anxiety. And that's very common with women, especially uh, mothers. How, really? How, how old were you when you tried cannabis for the first time? 15. 15. And you said you were at a house party? Yep. And and what, what was your most memorable moment about that whole evening? That I ate an entire bag of ketchup chips and yeah. I don't even like ketchup chips. Did you do anything crazy? No, but eating a whole bag, bag of ketchup, ketchup chips is crazy. pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, I want to I, I want to share a crazy story because this this actually made me smile when you were talking about that because my my daughter was roughly around the same age when she experimented with cannabis and she's now prescribed cannabis medically as well. And uh, what what she did is she she called me up at two o'clock in the morning, paranoid, just because her and her girlfriends had gone out, they had you know smoked a joint and stuff like that. And she was all paranoid. She's like, "Oh my god, my dad's gonna find out," kind of thing. Yeah. So she calls me, wakes me up, and I'm I'm you know like yourself, been smoking cannabis for a long time, but she didn't know because I hadn't you know revealed it yet. 
And sure enough, I'm like, and I knew right away, it's like, okay, she's high as a kite. You know, like she, she's having a good time and, and she just got paranoid and she's calling home thinking, okay, I'm going to get in trouble. I said, you know what? Enjoy yourself. You need a ride. You call me. I'll come and get you. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get in a car with anybody or, you know, but if you need a ride, let me know. If not, spend the night, but have a good time tonight. I'll talk to you in the morning. Click. And that was the end of it. And then even to this day, I was having this conversation with her at 22 and she was like, dad, that was like the coolest thing you could have ever done for me because right away you alleviated the whole concern and stress of experimenting with cannabis. And when you do that at a teenage years, it's, it's difficult, but either way, I wanted to share that story because to me, it sounds like cannabis has been a very big part of your life. Well, it is. And it, at that time at 15, cause it is a tender age, not that I was encouraged, but I think my mother was well aware of my struggles uh, to go a little deeper. I was a competitive dancer in Oakville for several years. I've always been a type A, tightly wound person, an overachiever if you want to go that far. And at 15, I, I hit probably the first time in my life where I experienced severe mental illness in the form of an eating disorder and anxiety. But the eating disorder definitely... Oh, dancer with an eating disorder. Right? Big surprise there. An oak-filled dancer. Anyway, so when I started to smoke weed, my symptoms from the eating disorder alleviated immensely. So it was helping. And what it does is it creates an appetite, which obviously you need an appetite to eat properly. But it allowed me to sleep, which then helped... um, you know, when you have a, when you don't have a REM sleep, right, that does affect yeah. your moods and your mental health. It does over time. So by smoking marijuana at night, I was able to get a good night's rest. I wasn't, you know, tossing and turning in bed with anxiety. And over time I got better. And then I went off, you know, to college like everybody else, started my career in banking. And really my issues didn't reappear until I was prescribed opiates. And then... Although I've had my struggles over the years, nothing quite knocked me on my ass like my addiction to opiates. What, what, what was the, what was the, uh, why'd you like that? The opiates. Oh, it, it was like a warm hug. You know, I think most <laughs> addicts will tell you the first few times you take an, a real opiate, it does feel good. And that's the thing. It was like, where have you been all my life? To the point where I didn't need weed anymore. I didn't right. need to have a Got drink it. with my girlfriends. I didn't even need to go out, right? All I ever needed from that point on to deal with the stress of work, you know, normal day-to-day stuff. But always there's been those underlying conditions that I never dealt with. Because really I never did deal with the anxiety so they, they or the give you, they give you. I know what they gave me. They gave me 50. Boom. You're done right after that, right? Typically. Yeah. So did you go get more? How did how did that? Oh yeah, I mean, you 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 become quite smart how to get more. Right. I had had four impacted wisdom teeth taken out, so I was able to actually have them the entire month before the surgery because Uh I had an infection. Uh So they won't do surgery until the infection's taken care of. So rather than you know taking like a week off work, try to get this infection under control, it lasted a long time because again, I didn't slow down. I didn't take time off work. I just kept going and popping these pills. So by the time I even had the surgery, I was probably already addicted, well, physically. Right. And so after the surgery, I was able to extend it. And then I was actually done after that. So I did go through a period where I was like, okay, like 
I'm done with it. But then I discovered you could buy Tylenol ones over the counter at Shoppers Drug Mart. Tylenol ones, what are those? Tylenol ones are Tylenol codeine. So eight oh, milligrams okay. of codeine. Oh, so even codeine. So if you look at Tylenol threes, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. That's got 30 milligrams. Yeah, that's the strongest I've ever been prescribed. Yeah, so Tylenol threes are 30 milligrams. So addicts become extremely savvy at, you know, finding. See, my things. mom used to give me codeine as a kid because I had migraines. And so I kind of got meh with it. That's why they gave me the Percocets when I broke my foot. You had a tolerance. Because yeah. I had a tolerance to it. So to me, codeine was never, like, it was like a, uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess it gets you high, I guess. Well, if you take enough of them, definitely, yeah, oh, I see. right? Um, plus work was addictive for me. So working in the bank was addictive. It's like a gambling system. I'll, I'll go there and I'm sure that's not even, that's one fact. I mean, that's how right. banking works, right? Right. Money and addiction go hand in hand. So I started to compensate by being an extremely top, like a top performer at the bank, right? Mm -hmm. All while developing this addiction. So I thought- kind of led to itself, right? Well, I thought that these pills were helping me. Like yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. oh my goodness, like I've, I found the magic secret, you know? No one's gonna know I I'm a anything. pothead. No <laughs> one's gonna know I like, you know, to binge drink sometimes like it just <laughs> turned into this monster of a double life because I was able now to hide almost everything. And I mean, really it was legal. I could buy them over the counter. Oh. The Tylenol ones. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the first, because again, addiction's a cycle, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. you are not going to just start off popping a significant amount, but really it takes time. It's, it's a cycle for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did it get real bad? Uh, yeah, it did get real bad. Like oxys, like pure oxys. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, after at the end of six years, yeah, and you be all my all my business skill, all my ambition, all my motivation towards the end went towards finding opiates. So, what was the the game changer? What were you like? That's it. I'm out. Uh, the game changer was April 27, 2018. I was working at. Uh, another bank. So I'd worked for one bank for 13 years and then I went to another one after I had my second child and I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, things were not going well. I wasn't even working a full day because I kept having to leave, you know, to deal with my addiction. Making excuses to duck, duck out early you got and it. stuff like that. I was yeah. like living the epitome of a user. Mm -hmm. So the business, again, like any entrepreneur, you know, you don't just sit down one day and you're like, oh, I'm going to start a business. Like it, it really, like the research part of it, started by accident with the blog. The product came to be after discovering different brands in the black market dispensary system in Hamilton. So Mary's Medibles, they produce, you know, your brownies, cookies, gummies, Phoenix Tears, CBD tinctures. I enjoy those. Me too. <laughs> and uh, Sovereign Extracts, they make... Uh, THC one-to-one -one CBD distillate caps for vape pens. Uh, they also make shatter and um, sauce, which is high concentrate resin. Sauce, wow. These things were selling like hotcakes um, at these dispensaries. So I got one and I loved it. And I was like, wow, I can microdose with this. I love it. I called them to see if I could get a large order because they were hard to find. Like they were always selling out. They were super expensive, yeah. right? Could you, um, just just for the benefit, and again, for people that might not know, what, like what is microdosing? Microdosing is when you use an instrument like a, a vape pen, right? Because mm -hmm. it's got a button, it controls the dose. 
and you do small doses throughout uh, the day to achieve okay. like a therapeutic level. So rather than smoking a joint, exactly. one big joint, so getting bonus, high. That's the bonus part that's of it. That's the comparison you I wanted you to the make. Dosage. Right. So I started talking about microdosing. And the reason why I resumed smoking marijuana after treatment, I mean, again, recovery is a process, right? So you're not just stopping that drug and you're cured. And up to one year after uh, you actually detox from opiates, you can have what's called like pause, right? So I was using cannabis to manage that. And that's a very popular uh, mm-hmm. term actually out there yeah. no, in the cannabis world. And, and, and we had the conversation with Rob too, um, when, when Rob Fred was on, on a previous show where he was talking about using cannabis as sort of uh, a means to deal with pharmaceuticals and exit and side effects and all kinds of things. So it sounds like you were using cannabis as a form of... Uh, dealing with your detox from opiates. Well, I had to deal with the addiction first mm-hmm. before I could even deal with the underlying issues, which we'll get mm-hmm. to. But essentially, so this vape company out in Niagara, contacted them, ended up getting, you know, distribution agreement in place because again, it, my thought process was like women that I've met in treatment who I know are managing their main addiction. Like there's always a drug of choice with cannabis would love this because again, it's discreet. It doesn't give off the odor and you can microdose. And then I started an Instagram account. It was a alter ego. Knew I could talk about addiction. I knew I could talk about being a mom as an addict or a recovering addict. But what if I was really out there and started pushing yeah. those limits? You did market research. You set up a test account and you started right. checking out what's happening on social media and right. doing market research. And this is the one that I would use to go real public, like actually reveal my identity, you know. Yeah. So, so, so roughly what, what what kind of exposure did you get with that social media account did you like what was your reach well to be honest i don't really pay attention to the reach i was looking more well, so at the correlations uh okay. that's what i was so, trying to research so what kind of corner, what kind of correlations were you going for uh that if i could be a recovering addict to an opiate mm-hmm. a woman a mother would i be accepted into the sober recovery community as a cannabis user because typically it's abstinence. It's absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yep. So if I'm gonna go out there and start to promote this business as a harm reduction approach, mm-hmm. is it gonna work? Is it are people actually gonna pay attention? And they do. So it just took off from there. Mm-hmm. I got. Uh, so, so it seems yeah. to make a lot of sense, but don't you think like so, like I, I got a I got a buddy who is a meth head, and anything's a trigger for him, right? Well, anything again, yeah. like anything. the smell of beer triggers yeah. him and he, he can't have it at all. So mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't it be a little scary to go into the, like, are you scared of triggering people or it does, it's not, I honestly, I think it's a great idea. If they, had, mm-hmm. if they said to me in the past, like instead of these Percocets or whatever, take these gummy bears. Yeah. Totally different. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, but in that sort of situation, doesn't it leave the person like, like, are you scared? Yeah. yeah, are you scared they're gonna turn around and go jack up right after yeah. that? Um, Again, <laughs> you can't look at it like that because yeah. it, you're not. It's harm reduction, well, well, right? I would right. rather them smoke a you. joint than go bang meth. <laughs> like, that's, I, I, I hear right? you, but, for sure. But isn't smoking the joint gonna make them go? No, bang I, meth? I yeah. again, I don't and, think so. But anything's possible, right? Right? True. We can't control that. That's a variable that we can't control. But do, yeah. now, do they find this helpful? Like, they're like, no, this is a good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, so it does for some, but again, like any, any medicine, right? There are mm. side effects. It doesn't work for everybody. 
So, and you're not promoting cannabis as a drug. Well, no, and, and you can't because Health Canada has very explicit right. rules on how you... Oh, I agree. I just, so, you know, a year and a half ago, it was a drug. <laughs> well, exactly, but... So there's a stigma there. And people that's where we're changing the messaging. Not even a year. It hasn't even been a year yet. So this is where I decided, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so I created original content. Again, at, at the time I had the Instagram account, yeah, you could say market research, but again, for me, it was, it was research towards a business of some sort where mm -hmm. I would be helping women and helping them manage their addiction, okay, especially mothers, okay? Okay. So, and the cannabis and the cannabis was just kind of an add-on to that. But essentially, how would I round this business out? I would have to have a voice. And so original content PR was really my way because it's me. It's my story. Mm -hmm. It's um, everything that kind of has happened in my life. But how to channel that into the market and how to start changing the messaging around how substances typically don't actually cause addiction. Uh it's the human condition that causes addiction. So interesting. Got to look at like, we're building a network of women, right? Okay. Who are can of moms who will promote these gray silver market products to but, okay, their so areas. You said in October it becomes legal, right? You, Absolutely. You, you said that's, that's for real. Well, the what edible, ha what happens to you then? Well, that's just it. We don't know what'll happen to me. So what are you going to do with this research then? just continue talking about it because again when we I have see. this network like a bit a business is coming i don't like this is why i can't talk about the product side right guys oh, okay. it's, but but, yeah. if, but to me it sounds it would make more sense you would want to go as a non-profit versus a, a for-profit business no i have but i that's where the volunteering is right like there's being a doula as well like that's the community piece but the actual product side is like again gray Right. So yeah. when you're taking distribution agreements from all of these gray silver market companies and you have a direct sales agreement, right, you're giving these direct sale agreements down a, a chain of network of cannabis who are then going to their areas and selling the product uh, and promoting uh, it. Uh, cannabis. Uh, okay. So rather okay. than but, having a but, website and all that. Okay. So it's so, like the doTERRA. Of but, cannabis. Yeah, yeah. So so are you currently right now distributing product? Absolutely. But it's like Dolterra. <laughs> my my uh, my sister-in-law does that. In fact, the girl sitting right over there, all those little essential oil things. That's what that is, right? Dolterra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. But again, we've chosen companies like Sovereign Ex Extracts out in Alberta, right? They make uh -huh. the CBD tips, caps, the vaporizers. Okay. Yeah. So... You look at somebody like Sovereign who's actively trying to get into these markets. If me and these women did not do what we're doing, yeah, right? Where does so, that leave these companies who for a year were in demand? Like it Where is it legal? Like who's It's scared? not. It's being packaged. Well, there clearly yes. is a factory somewhere making this stuff. It's a gray area, right? So it's it's all of these women that you know are cannabis consumers themselves. The women want can to be have a cannabis business canna business okay they want to mm -hmm. be doing that exclusively so by giving them the product teaching them you know through my experience as a banker how to be a business person how to set up a legitimate business keep records invoices etc right mm -hmm. okay they are now going out and doing things like canna bars so you know you look at weddings and stags and does and all that 
They take all the different edibles that these companies make. So gummies, brownies, cookies. Yeah. They go mm -hmm. to these places and they set them up. Like Avon. It, well, yeah. Everybody does their own little thing, right? I have another girl and, and who makes dog food, raw dog food. Yeah. And on really? the side, she sells so, Mary's Medibles dog CBD. But is, isn't it risky forming a business model knowing not knowing what the regulations are yet? Well... It, of course, but somebody's got to form that business model to get the regulations, right? Because well, what happens without, if the regulations are formed and it completely, you know, messes up well, your business model? That's that, the risk. That's the risk. Right. That's, that's the risk that I'm trying to right? point out here. But again, we we know there's risks. Yeah. But so so you're you're setting Life's up a, a risk, Gal. Yeah. You got no, no, someone's got to do but, it. But I just <laughs> I just want to say is like you're setting up a distribution network, and what happens if we see the same thing that happened in Ontario? when the OCS was formed and you had to go through the OCS for any kind of distribution. Uh, well, the lottery thing? Again, no, I'm, no, no, no. I mean, being the OCS being the only place you could buy your weed from. You can't buy directly. Uh, I'm pursuing own. every, like, yeah. again, I'm not doing this illegitimately either, right? I am pursuing every avenue that I need to take to become a licensed distributor. Core of the business original product is the Cannabom can of girl okay. culture, can of business. So, so, okay. so trying to answer the question, what do you do? Um, wh which one is it? Which businesses are you really focusing on right now? Is well, it both, right? It's addiction, okay. activism, and mm. prevention and re recovery uh -huh. for women, mm -hmm. um, especially mothers. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's that community piece to is build. That, is the that a problem? Just out of but, curiosity. To build, I sorry, guys, to build the community around original product, right? Because they will come together at some point and they are like, they are together at, at this level because again, the women that I have engaged have mm -hmm. all struggled with mental health or addiction. Right. That's part of it because I have to be able to show that by okay. connecting better, uh, being enriched financially, being able to, you know, provide for their family. So original product is promoting these gray market brands, right? Mm -hmm. So, can of moms, can of girls. That's the network. It's a it's a hashtag. I mean, it's the, okay, the cannabis hashtag. community. Like it's, it's it's what they call themselves. That's what we call okay. ourselves. Okay. So okay. like so women, got it. Women, moms, right? Mm -hmm. Who smoke cannabis. That's kind of what we call ourselves: is can of moms, mm -hmm. can of girls. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, we all promote an all inclusive, um, compassionate feeling towards each other because most of us have struggled with mental health, addiction, to other substances, and we use cannabis as a way to, you know, it's like a family. aside like a from pharmaceuticals, it. aside yeah. from all this, right? When you have like these different products, you've got um, gummies, you've got brownies, all that stuff. When these women buy these products, right, it encourages them to then go out, create businesses out of them, make money, enrich their families, and then they go on to these Cannamom groups and they promote that, right? Like they start talking about good stuff. So like when I talk about original content PR, I'm going to be talking about Cannamoms and what we're doing. Right. right? As if they were like one of your... Is that, like a, is that like a Facebook page? Like it, people... It's going to be like a full okay. community website. So you, website. Rep you represent yeah. that, whatever it is, the that blog. organization, that hashtag, whatever, that, yeah. okay. whatever your, your, your... So original content PR is to handle all of... To own all that content, produce Correct. all that content around original product each one of those entities cannabis and yeah, concentrates each one of those entities yeah, right from a pr perspective okay so original product is the product which is then bought from mary's medibles sovereign extracts 
vape mount, um, herbivores. Okay, these are all herbivores. silver silver market brands that are currently in limbo right now until legalization October 9, 2019. And even then, there's no guarantee that even though these companies have been operating, they're within the Cannabis Act standard, they meet those regulations, whatever. You know, if free enterprise had its way, they would all make their way to the dispensary system. Right. But there's no secondary market channel that currently exists that's legal mm -hmm. to handle the overflow of the artisan, the craft brands. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's Stay Lifted from Hamilton that makes bombs and lip traps. Yep. Like, okay. Oh, there's dozens, if not hundreds of products right now right. out there that is available from every single province in the country. Uh, be it from edibles to, to topicals to oils to all kinds of stuff. So, so they can sell to you, but if they legalize it, can you? Will they still be able to sell? And, to you? and then if the framework comes in, see that's the that's the question I was asking earlier. Is if the framework comes in and it doesn't jive with your business model, you're basically screwed. Not necessarily. You can always change your business model. Well, and yeah, again, if, if your it's business model is profitable, it's enriching the lives of all these women who are getting off benefits, becoming better mothers, providing for their family and getting out of the ruts they're in. Yeah. And we all come together with original content PR and, and talk about this, right? How can they say no? Have to build this infrastructure for these products because there are so many i'm not even talking about so i've just talked about the secondary market which is you know mary's medible sovereign those are better known brands i'm not even talking about all the brands under that which is the artisan craft brands right? right so and again if we were to cut all these people out right think of the economic burden on the government system because again a lot of these people are licensed producers for chronic conditions they're micro growers they're legal people so it helped, like, like I said with Rob Frid, you know, I wish I had been said, here's some THC pills instead of these Percocets oh, yeah. or whatever. You know what <laughs> I mean? It would me a lot of time. It would, yeah, years. Yeah. So to me, it's a viable thing because of the medicinal part. Like you're helping women in addiction. It's not like you're just trying to. Yeah, sell edibles of you know, no, the kids on the street no it, you know no I mean? and we sit that, that's why i'm not I, that's why i don't have a website yeah i'm not looking to become like an economic like an economy secondary market here buy off my, those right. places exist. exist yeah exactly but that's not what i'm after i need to show that we can build this community because again this is if you're going to do direct sales and turn it like into let's say multi-level marketing Right. Because yep. every business has a multi-level marketing aspect, just like every product has a secondary market. Like the beer store has craft beer. Yeah. You know, the LCBO has wine rack and below that they have the wineries. So every product has a secondary brand or market. Mm -hmm. So we have to pay attention to these segments because they're being ignored. I saw that when I got into the black market, but I also saw that the black market is so strong and so entrepreneurial that it will never be like exactly what we want it to be in this legal storefront space. Mm -hmm. So we have to create something that is still very self-enterprising, entrepreneurial, but it also gives people a reward for hustling. Okay. Yeah. No, I did it, it, it's going to end up in something. Absolutely. We just have no idea what it's going to be. Right. And like, and like, we, that dispensary we have here in town, have you seen the reviews on that thing? It's horrible. Oh my it's horrible. god! Like, 
they're just trashing that place. Oh, yeah. uh, like they, they don't. They don't. Under, what it is is it's, it's a combination of a couple of different things. And so I feel like those things are going to fall apart. And Angela is falling victim to it now in 2.0. But in 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 cannabis 1.0, when they went legal with flour last year, um, uh, th- this place here in town just they don't understand their clients. They don't understand That's their just customers. It. It, I think in they, a year or two, it's yeah. going to open up to people like you and Abby. That yeah. understand the customer. Yeah. That well, that's and you're building community relationships. So now that I'm in this recovery, right? The only thing I could imagine doing is something focused on women and mothers that involves cannabis and it involves addiction and harm reduction. Right. And so the whole lead up to all of this really is we 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 want to get Angela a podcast called Up and Smoke, where she deals with women and addiction, which I I my mom Okay, we're not even going to go into my life. <laughs> but I totally uh, sympathize, empathize oh, we with bo- the entire situation. The yeah. yeah, it's trauma. It, 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 yeah. You know, it, yes. Dr. Uh, Gabor Mate is an excellent resource yeah. for childhood trauma and how it affects the adult brain um, when, you know, substances are introduced. He actually developed like a crazy expensive addiction to classical music. <laughs> so bad so that he isolated himself from his family they all got angry with him but classical music was his drug and that's kind of how he not confirmed but you know hypothesized that addiction is not caused by some substances it's caused by the human condition and trauma yeah okay so that's also a huge uh part of my business because i do support alternatives Right. right. So we have to start looking at alternatives and that includes all different types of treatment from all different types of plants. Right. We have to be all inclusive about this and not be like, oh, just cannabis for everything. Right. We have to start talking about people that can actually. Well, that's when terpenes and things like that start coming into well, play. Well, it's right? everything. Yeah. yeah. So right. as this evolves, right, original content PR would be kind of putting out that information. Yeah. You got to get the message out there. Absolutely. People, like I didn't know. So if, if somebody were to want to get involved with you in this whole process, uh, how would they go about that? Yep. Well, they can find me on Instagram under my name. Well, Angela, Angie Up and Smoke. That's the Angie game. Up and Smoke. Yeah, I changed my Instagram finally. I, I I, so I went public on June 6th, which was my birthday. Showed my face after a few months. I think it was like three It was months. a good picture. Thank you. Um, But I was actually going to wait until the 24th, but it just felt right on my birthday. Because yeah. I, I really just felt so happy to be alive. I think after going through uh, addiction, where literally you wake up every morning and you have to have something just to get out of bed. Yeah. And the anxiety around that, right? How am I going to get it? How am I going to pay for it? I'm just so relieved to be free from that that I have to give it away. I have to share it with as many people as possible. So they would just DM you on on Instagram? I've got lots of people DMing me for various things and a lot of them is just to talk about where they're at. And I I love those talks. That's what I'm after really, is just connecting with people to hear their stories. And if I help them somehow, like that's, that's my currency. So if people want to reach out, help you out, get a hold of you, be a part of this in any way, how would they reach out to you? Yep. So Instagram, Facebook at Original Product CC, or email, which would be hello at OriginalContentPR.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Angela. It was a pleasure having you here. I hope to see you again. 
The views and opinions expressed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Jam Production Company, its affiliates, and or its partners.